everyone and welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast today with me, your host, Arthi Vabikrasun. I believe we find inspiration all around us, especially from the stories that we all have within us. My aim with the Inspire Your Life podcast is to bring some of those stories, real stories to light, stories that my guests are willing to share and that will resonate with both you and me. It's by listening to these stories that we can be inspired and it will motivate us to pick ourselves up, to overcome and to find that new path, making us rise even higher than we thought possible. Joining me on the podcast episode today is Susan Heaton-Wright, and she's someone who is so dynamic and brilliant at what she does. We're going to be talking about thriving beyond limiting beliefs. Now, Susan is a global virtual impact communications and speaking expert for emerging leaders and the creator of the Superstar Communicator Methodology. She is an international speaker, the MD of an award-winning music company, podcaster, and a former prize-winning international opera singer. Susan, I love the variety. It's incredible the things that you're doing. She's regularly interviewed on BBC, on local radios, on international podcasts like the Inspire Your Life podcast. She's also a contributor to articles on Forbes, The Guardian, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and so many others. As I said, Susan, your credentials are exemplary, but I think truly what really shines through from the time that I've known you is really the humanity that you bring to anything and the way that you guide people and help them gain confidence so that they can speak authentically and, you know, just be even more and rise even more, as I said earlier. So welcome, Susan, to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honoured to be on your amazing podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, I just did a very, very short, high-level intro, but I really want to know a little bit more deeper about you, Susan. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. What is there to know? It's always quite, quite interesting when people put the spotlight on you, and I'm a natural introvert, so when people say that, I'm thinking, oh, what shall I say? <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds a bit pathetic being the superstar communicator. But 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 that's the thing. I'm I'm just me. I don't think of it um in any more depth than that. Mm-hmm. Trying to be the best per- version of myself and be the best human being I can be towards others. Oh, I mean, and that's really authentic and really, really genuine. And I think that's important. We can only really be true to ourselves and true to the purpose, I suppose, that we find in ourselves, isn't it? Definitely. And it's really interesting that you've um, focused on the the purpose, because if we can find why we do what we do and um, the reason why we're here and how we can make a difference to other people. Um, rather, Well, there are some people, their purpose is to make loads of money. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, def- and, and that's absolutely fine if that's what they feel is their purpose. I'm, I'm not being judgmental. Yes. But for me, certainly, my whole thing is about empowering people to be the best version of themselves and to manage their fear and show up with confidence. 
so that they'll be noticed, that they'll be respected, um, they'll be able to influence in a positive way. Oh, that is that is so beautiful. That really, really is, Susan, because, you know, I think all of us are walking around with some version of an imposter that's actually making yes. us doubt ourselves, that's causing us to lose confidence. And the fact that you want to take on that role of actually saying to somebody, hey, but it's in there with you. You can actually do this. And yourself coming from an as an introvert, doing something like this, I mean, I think it's just very, very inspiring. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's very interesting because people often say to me, it's okay for you. You can do public speaking. It's easy for you. But my entire journey has been from a quiet, anxious schoolgirl that was told to be quiet mm-hmm. when I had an opinion yeah. or an idea or laughed at because I didn't always pronounce words correctly when reading things yes. as a schoolgirl. I don't know if you had this when you were at school that everybody would have to read out a paragraph. Oh, yes. In English. Yes. And, and, you know, the anxiety levels, because I knew that I would mispronounce things and the other girls would laugh. Of course, you know, I would do the same if it was the other way around. But I went from that and somehow later on found a way that I realised that I needed to sing. Went as a postgrad to, to, to music college. I was surrounded by people who had been soloists and I'm, you know, I'm centre stage since the age of five. And I had to navigate myself around that and also give myself permission to own that stage because, you know, somebody else would take that from you quite quickly. So that was quite against my upbringing, but also my natural character. And I would say to everybody who is an an introvert, there are lots of performers and lots of speakers and lots of leaders who are introverts. They might present themselves as extroverts. People often think I'm an extrovert, Mm -hmm. but essentially they're introverts and you can still make a positive impact and influence. Beautiful, beautiful words, Susan. Thank you so much. And you're so right. I myself know so many, you know, high profile leaders who are introverts. Yet when you see them, they obviously find a way to bring across that dynamism when needed and showcase what exactly it is that they that they need to do. And, and uh, you know, thank you also for sharing a little bit about your journey. And that's so personal, you know, um, and I'm sure it's going to resonate with so many of my listeners, because we've all had that sort of experience in some shape or form, where we've stumbled, um, where people have judged us or perceived us in a, in a very different and put us in a difficult position as well to be able to elevate ourselves from that. And, and you know, it got me thinking as you were talking about, you know, what, what did that potentially do to you in terms of, you know, leaving you with triggers as you were growing up and as you were um, trying to to find your own voice and and build yourself up, you know, did those triggers sort of last as as you as you grew? And what were some of the things that you did to overcome those triggers as you started to identify them? Triggers are a really really interesting point, and I'm so pleased that you brought this up. Of course, things that happen to us, and you know, I haven't alluded to the fact that I've had some major traumas in my life, uh, but also the way that we're brought up, the way that we are 
you know, the messages that we have to ourselves are play major factors. But at some point, I believe that when we recognize certain triggers, instead of saying, oh, it's not fair, this person's done this to me and I'm getting triggered, yes. unless it's major trauma, that, that's another thing. Yes. But, but small things like, oh, you're blonde, there, therefore you must be thick. Oh you, you know, mm. yeah, yeah, which is, mm. um, or you're, you're just a girl, or why are you here? You, sh you, you don't hurt, you don't deserve to be here. Mm. At some point, you need, and, and you know, and that you're going to have a natural response to that. Yes. At some point, if you can recognize some of those things and be able to take a deep breath and to be the bigger person. Oof. I mean, and stop even, blaming the other person. Yeah. Um, I was, I was just going to say, Susan, those triggers that you're mentioning are not even, you know, difficult triggers. It's things we're actually hearing in normal, everyday sort of passing. But yet, you know, it does actually have some sort of an in, impact or effect on us in the way we behave and react. I, I, that's what I'm getting from you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. D definitely. It, it triggers a memory of another situation. The thing is, though, Susan, and I don't know if you found this, though, but, you know, when you when you have those triggers happening, they become a habit and you yes, know, we, we react to it in such a yes, in such a negative way that it actually becomes a self-limiting belief. But it may not necessarily be something we've sort of put on ourselves. It's because somebody else has said it. Now, how dangerous oh, is that? How dangerous is that? Yeah, it's very, very dangerous. And actually, we are allowing somebody else to limit our potential. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we should ignore microaggressions and that we should, we should put up with them because as women, we have had to deal with that for civilization, haven't we? Mm. Um, negative comments and things like that. There's a balance. Yeah. When there are microaggressions that make you feel um, that you don't feel safe psychologically or physically, yeah. that's another matter altogether. Mm. But if you've got these little things going on, and you have it in families, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. That people ha ha have a role in life within the family, don't they? Yes. Oh, the pretty one, the bright one, the thick one, the silly one. I was the, you know, the thick, silly one. Mm -hmm. I went to a, a top 100 university in the world in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to push against a lot of, a, a, a lot of microaggressions and labeling. Mm. Um, and once you can understand that, that it's more about the other person than it is you. Right. That's making cool. them feel better. That's very important. And I think you hit the nail on the head here because it is almost a bit of a projection. And yet, unfortunately, yes. when it does come to us, we take it on board as it's ours and we take ownership of that, isn't it? And that's, I think, where the difficulty arises in when we're trying to overcome it or trying to figure out how we rise above it, we fall short and we get stuck. And I would love... Susan, I know you've you've been giving us a little bit about your journey and a little bit about, about the obstacles that you've been facing. Share with us some of the ways that you've actually elevated yourself and and tried to bring these as opportunities to move or move past the microaggressions. And I know it's work in progress all the time, but oh, absolutely, yeah. Do you know when when I was um, seventeen, I went to a highly academic, selective girls' school. 
And at the time when you're 16, 17, you're working out what you're going to do next. Yes. And my form mistress would not give me a a form to complete to apply to university. You're too thick. Why don't you do this, all of this stuff? And that's not what I wanted to do. I don't know how I managed to do it. I managed to get an application form. Don't ask me. I was naughty. Um, but I filled it in myself as best I could without any guidance. And then I banged on the door of the headmistress. Now, she was a formidable female leader. I mean, she was a goddess. And so that took quite a lot of courage. And But I, my focus was on university. So when you have fear, quite often if you've got a target, it overrides that, you know, neuroscientifically, it, it overrides it. And I knew as soon as I asked, she had a glint in her eye. I knew she would support me. Okay. And with it, within two weeks, I was getting interview requests from top universities, not Oxford and Cambridge, that I wasn't applying to those. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I went, I ended up at a top university. Mm, mm, mm. If I had not had the courage and the focus of where I, what I wanted to do, I would not have managed that. My life would actually have been quite different. 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 Yeah. I mean, I would have, you know, possibly I would have ended up what I'm doing now. I think it's highly unlikely. So that courage, that, that, you know, finding that courage, first of all, is so important. But look at the the impact, as you're saying, that it's had on you just by you being, you know, that sort of steadfast um, around, I'm going to be doing this. And your headmistress, you know, noticing this. So so that support as well from her was even as important. Um, and, and that's what started you on the journey that you're on now. I mean, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, at 22, well, 18 as well, I had two terrible traumas. And one of the first pe- people that contact me, contacted me at age 22 was my headmistress, who'd now retired. And she said, can I help in any way? Mm. How about if I write a reference for you, a testimonial that you can take for interviews, something really practical. And then later on, when I went to music college, when I retrained, I got scholarships from various places. It wasn't until she had died that it was revealed that she was one of my benefactors. Wow. Look Look at that. I mean, somebody who, you know, started off sort of not really believing in you to seeing something because you put yourself out there and becoming... This, this sort of backbone support through so many different legs of, of your life. I mean, that's beautiful, beautiful. It's incredible. And in fact, in fairness, she wasn't the one that didn't give me the the university form. She okay. wasn't involved in that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What incredible. And so, you know, what I'm taking away from that is, firstly, there's that there's a little bit of, chutzpah that we need to bring to our from ourselves to give us that you know let's just take that one step forward and then just to be pleasantly surprised but where where the support structure actually comes from the ecosystem yes and you know I know you've had quite a journey being a businesswoman an entrepreneur a singer you know I'd love to share I'd love for you to share 
you know, what have been some of the pleasant opportunities that have arisen? I know there's been obstacles. All of us as entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. But how have you... And, you know, how important it is to focus on those opportunities and those successes and those wins because we can get stuck to, oh, there have been so many obstacles. and, And, you know, I'm often asked about those obstacles rather than the wins. Yeah. Do you know, I look back on when I was a singer and I went as a a sort of more mature student. I had to catch up with all of those people that had been performing since they were five and all of those things. And at the time, I remember just working hard and working towards getting the next work and things like that. Mm -hmm. And my singing teacher said at the time, Take a moment to step back and enjoy what you've achieved mm. every day and after every every performance. Because one of my other singing teachers said, oh, you've got to do really well, then you'll get more work and see what you can do to get more, you know, rather than, and looking back on my singing career, I mean, I did some really good things. I, of course, my career was shorter than other people's but what I achieved in that time you know I performed as a soloist in some incredible venues for incredible conductors and orchestras I premiered mu- I premiered music as a soloist I performed in Europe I got a scholarship to study and it's you know how lucky I was to have those opportunities. Mm. But to be honest, I don't believe that my calling was to be a singer. And when I said I was retiring, people were horrified. But actually, I feel that what I do now is my calling. Mm. Because I can hold my hand on my heart and say, you know what, if I can do it, you definitely can. So when I hear from somebody, you know, somebody lovely like you who wants me to come on your podcast or one of my clients that says that pitch went really well or I've got to be a partner because we've worked on my meeting um, impact or at the end of a workshop the organizer says you know what that's the best we've had we're gonna we're gonna really move forward with this those are successes Mm -hmm. however small and we celebrate even the smallest wins, Susan. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. Because that's what motivates us, right? Um, and it helps us from, from squashing those limiting beliefs. It's like we're yes. saying, you know, we want to find those opportunities to thrive. Why do we want to sabotage ourselves with things that didn't work out? And, you know, I always find it so useful, you know, as you were talking about the reflections and to start stand take a step back, reflect on what's actually happened on where you've come from. And I find when I do that, it becomes a sort of a journey of, okay, this didn't work out the way I thought it did, but here's what happened. And here's what I could do better the next time. So you still yes. almost looking at it from a very positive sort of way so that you can build upon yourself going forward. And it sounds like you do that too. And I think that's really beautiful. Really Absolutely. And, and you know, the interesting thing is that I was trained as a singer at a time, we call it old school now. Oh, yes. And the focus was on everything that you got wrong. And there was a famous situation where I did a recital. And as I came off stage, my singing teacher was waving a long list of things. She said, you did 31 things wrong. Yeah. You breathe wrong here and all. Now, at that moment, 
that's the worst time neuroscientifically to have that pick you know, you need that moment to rebalance the the adrenaline and, and all of those things to just calm down. And that was very typical of that era, mm. you know, 25, 30 years ago when we were training. And I know that there are plenty of people who are bitter. Mm. And you were saying about self-sabotage. They want to sabotage other people to belittle what they have achieved rather than well done and sometimes it can stick in the throat can't it and you think, <laughs> however <laughs> you know I'm a human being but that thing of well done in fact it rebalances that the green-eyed monster with something more positive Absolutely. I love, I love the way you're putting it because it's so true. It really is. I, you know, I'm one who believes in the energy that you put out there is the energy that you're going to get back. And if you're, if you're sitting with energy that's so negative, uh, it actually does radiate from you and you attract more of it. So the more I think you do, the more gratitude, the more positivity, thankfulness, you know, all those brilliant things that we can exude the more it actually comes in manifold. Let's put it in, in that way. Susan, you know, I think it's, it's, I'd love to hear now about, you know, where you're at in your journey, the Superstar Communicator Program. Share more with us about what's exciting and inspiring you to continue with your purpose the way you are. Well, hasn't life changed in the world of communication and impact and influence in the last two years? Yeah. Um, we, we can't get away from that. I'm sure it was the same in South Africa as it was in UK. All of a sudden, bang, we were all working remotely, not able to see other people in real life. Mm -hmm. And we've navigated our way around that. And now it's hybrid. Yes. So hybrid working, hybrid events. And this all excites me because it's coming up with solutions, how we can still, still influence people. Mm -hmm. And in this new world, and I don't believe it's going to go back to totally face to face. I would agree. Um, yeah, yeah. And we we need to navigate this and come up with ways that we can get to work and influence people in the best way. Mm -hmm. From the point of view of the superstar communicator methodology, I identified key areas that I believe are essential for spoken communication. Mm -hmm. It also works for written, but but my area of expertise is is um spoken communication. I am just about to go out to Dubai and I have a client out there and now they are going to be my agent out there to reach um, Middle East markets, which is really, really exciting. Yes. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed with that. But also I'm doing more work, yeah, and more work in the United States. So I'm doing some work t tomorrow, really looking forward to that. Yeah. And um, there, there, there's some more work in the United Kingdom with my existing clients and new clients as well. Lovely. Lovely. So, so 2022 you know, is looking very exciting. <laughs> well, I said that in 2020. I looked at my diary and thought, oh, this is going to be a good year. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but yes, there are some really interesting things. It's all work in progress. It's all working hard too. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's come to me on my lap. It's not, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I completely understand. I am in the same boat as you, but you know what? You make 
lemonade out of lemons, as they say. And look at this now. I mean, you've got somebody who's going to be basically saying, you know, we vouch for Susan in a in a in yeah. a different country than than where you've been operating in. And how interesting that even just us having a conversation like this, north south, you know, could this have happened pre COVID as well? So we see opportunities to. Absolutely. to change up what we're doing and to meet and do different things too. So I like that you're embracing that and, you know, as part of what you're doing and, and seeing some nice tangible opportunities coming in this new normal that we're finding. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'd always done some work with corporates, but I've done a lot more in the last two years. Okay. And it's, me- you know, from, from a purely business point of view, it's, added credibility to what I offer. And now, as part of my business development, I'm contacting a lot more corporates, um, B2B work. And I feel that that's going to make my business more sustainable long term. Good. Beautiful. I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that, Susan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and and I just, you know, we're coming to the end of the, the the show now. And I think I'd love for for my listeners to kind of, because we're ending on such a high, you're talking about all of these opportunities that you're experiencing. Um, and and, I, and my wish for, for my subscribers and listeners is that they can look at the start of 2022 and, and also see the possibilities. So if you could share some wise words, practical advice as we end off around, how can they harness that? How can they thrive and, and wherever it is that they're standing in? and look beyond and find something really tangible that they can look forward to and work to, what would you say to them? Okay, so if we go back to that 17-year-old, me, and my teacher wouldn't give me a form, I genuinely believe, if I'm honest, that I didn't present a version of myself that people, that she felt she would be confident to put forward to go to university okay there were things in what I did maybe I was self-deprecating I didn't show confidence things like that and for the listeners we have a responsibility to make sure that other people have confidence in our ability yes yeah yes and um it's not just about them working hard Mm -hmm. to understand who you are are but for you to give verbal and non-verbal cues that you're credible that you're up for this and that is what the superstar communicator methodology is all about so in meetings not you being the loudest person in the room but you contributing in a professional credible way with confidence and clarity so that people will say oh you know what I believe she's right for the job or why don't we get Susan to do that? Mm, yeah. And um, I'd be happy to share the, uh, I've, I've got a downloadable checklist to be a superstar communicator if listeners would like to download it. Yeah. So I'll send that to you. Thank you. We'll include that as part of the as part of the show notes as well. Thank you, Susan. That's you know I love the advice. It's practical. It's things we're experiencing yeah. now, and it's just saying let's just let's just put ourselves a little bit out there. Let's just say what we were thinking and we wanted to say. Yeah, you never know where it could actually land. Remember that if other people push back with microaggressions and triggers, yeah. recognize them, and it's all about them. 
not about you. Love that. It's all about them. It's not about you. So let's not take ownership of it, as I said earlier. It's actually let's actually move beyond it. Susan, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate all the insights and advice you've given us today. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. You take care, Susan. And you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review. Plus, of course, share with others too. I love talking around topics like these. So if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with, reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. All my social media are on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.